Hey family, this is Pastor Devin Wallace, and I'm praying wherever you are listening from today, whether it's in your car or you're on a run or just drinking a cup of coffee, know that God will bless this time as you hear His Word. And if this message today blesses you, it might bless someone else. So be sure to share it with someone you know. God bless you. So I'm going to preach a message. If it has a title, are you ready? It's called Leftovers. How many have been eating leftovers? Yay. Well, we had Thanksgiving at my sister's this year, and I learned when you don't do it at your house, you get a diminished form of leftovers, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Jen and Gary got all the leftovers, but today I wanna preach on leftovers. I'm gonna read a text and you're gonna be like, what does this have to do with leftovers? I'm coming to it. But I wanna read it now while you're standing, 2 Kings chapter two. When I run, yes, I'm still running. I hope I got some ladies still running in here with me in the cold. I listen to the word and this has been the context of what I've been listening to for a couple weeks now. 2 Kings chapter two, I'm gonna read One story, verses 19 through 22. The men of the city said to Elisha, look our Lord, this town is well situated as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him and he went out to the spring and he threw the salt into it saying, this is what the Lord says, I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained wholesome to this day, according to the word Elijah has spoken. We'll talk about leftovers. Would you just one more time join with me in prayer? Stretch your hands toward me. I'm gonna stretch them towards you. And somewhere in the middle, God's gonna do something awesome in this place today. Father, I give my mouth to you, my mind, my heart, all of me to you. Lord, in myself... I'm running on caffeine in Jesus, been in you and your anointing. Lord, you can help me to prophesy by your spirit today. Lord, we didn't come to waste time today. We came to hear from you. And I pray the ears of every hearer would be open. Our spirit mans would be open to hear and receive. Fallow ground would be broken up. I bind distraction, disillusionment, deception, anything the enemy would send to steal your word. Today is the day we get it. Today is the day we're gonna get it and we're gonna take it home. We're gonna consume it. We're gonna receive it. And I declare the word that goes forth will bear fruit in the heart of every hearer. So Holy Spirit, have your way. And however you want this to happen, that's how we want this to happen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Leftovers, so Thanksgiving is probably the greatest season of object lesson for what I'm gonna preach today. And this is what I heard in my spirit all day yesterday was the word leftovers. Now, you know me, I love to get the definition of words. It helps you know exactly what God's trying to say to you. Don't ever assume you actually know what he means by what he says. And leftovers, this is so awesome. It's something that has been prepared and presented. It's been served, but it's not yet been consumed. It's the portion of the turkey that was cooked and put on the table but it didn't get eaten, right? It's the portion of Gail Wallace's cornbread chicken and dressing, making you hungry right now, that somehow could not make it to our mouths because we were already so full or maybe not interested or didn't see it. It's the things you put in the fridge that were prepared, but not consumed. Do you get it? And a good mom or a a good dad will take those leftovers and not waste them. 
and we heat them up. And I just wanna know if there are any crazy people like me in here, you actually think it's better the second time. <laughs> I know some of you are leftover snobs. You're like, I don't eat leftovers. But in the Wallace house, we think it's better the second time around. We think the dressing and the turkey is better when you even present it in another way. You put it on a sandwich or you add something to it. We eat the leftovers for days because we don't wanna waste what was prepared and presented, but was impossible to consume in one setting. You can only take in so much in one setting. And I don't know what your Thanksgiving's like, but you remember my last name is Wallace. And our Thanksgiving is bigger than what our family can consume. It probably could feed half the church. It is more than what can be taken in in one setting. And that's intentional because there's something about the heart of a good cook. You cannot handle thinking that you might not serve enough. Your worst nightmare is running out of something good. And so any good cook will produce an abundance, an excess, an overage just in case. And I'm here to tell you, there are some things the Lord, as Pastor Tobin was prophesying while he was singing, not knowing what I was preaching, he said, the Lord has prepared a table for us today. We're gonna eat at the table of the Lord. I said, oh yes, we are. We're eating leftovers today. Because God has some prepared some things for us. He has served to us and presented to us in 2022, but some of us have still not consumed it. And in his grace and his mercy, he's about to heat it up, slap it back on the table and give you one more chance before this year is over to take in what he prepared for you. This is why the Lord woke me up Thursday night and said, we're gonna review what I've spoken. It was like this pulse check on my life to make sure I was walking in, decreeing and operating in what he had spoken. And, and there were some things I have been doing well but as the Lord began to review with me, there were some things I had forgotten. Anybody ever had that moment that the Lord will wreck your life with a word and somehow our carnal fleshly mind, especially anybody that has mom brain in this place and you don't even sleep through the night, we can forget. We can get distracted and busy and we can forget what God has said. And what we forget, we neglect. And the Lord was faithful to remind me because whether I remember it and, or whether I neglect it, I'm here to tell you the word of the Lord still stands. It is still active. It is still living. It is still ready to produce, but it takes us consuming it for it to bear fruit in our life. And so today I have a word about an anointing of leftovers because as I replayed the words from 2022 in a very personal way and I went to sleep, the Lord began to speak to me a word for the coming year. So it's gonna be a play on words today. First of all, I want to review some of the things the Lord has spoken. I want us just as a house to review some things He spoke to us in this year. I'm gonna review what He spoke to me for this year in hopes that some of it, you're gonna look back and say, yes, that came to pass in my life, or I've seen remnants of that come to pass. Or some of you are gonna say, I must have missed that Sunday, or I didn't hear that word, or I forgot it, or it was too much for me to consume in the moment, and thank God he's representing it to me so that I can take it in in my life. 
And then we're gonna just blend right into what the Lord is already speaking for 2023 because my assignment today, this is probably the last time you'll hear from me um, before we turn into the new year. And I feel as uh, my assignment on this house is to prophetically prepare us for this season of transition. So you're not caught off guard, you're prepared and you're ready for what's happening because we are in a season of transition in the natural, we are moving from one year to the next. But in the spirit, we are moving from now to next. I preached at Ruach, for those of you who were able to hear it, about God anointing us for next. And we are now in this moment where now is giving way to next. And some of you think you're gonna always be stuck in your now, and I'm here to tell you there's oil in this atmosphere today to jerk you out of feeling stuck in the now and propel you into next. And that is the transition we are seeing in the kingdom. So let's review. Can you handle that? Can I reheat some things for us today? We started the the year 2022 in a very unique way. Who remembers how we started it? A hundred days of glory. God began to speak to us about making room for him, making space for what he wanted to do. We started the year with a hundred days of making space for more of his word, making space through fasting, making space through prayer, making space through generosity. And we learned, I hope you learned in those hundred days that we actually had a lot of stretching to do in our lives. That it was a great big God we were serving, but we had given him little room in our lives to operate and manifest himself. And we began to move our priorities. We began to move our daily schedules. We began to move our activities to conform to making him first and making space for him. And the Wallace house didn't realize this was actually going to happen in the natural for them. And it seems like an eternity ago, but it was in February of this year, during the 100 days, that Isaac Asher Wallace came to the Wallace house. We adopted our second child unexpectedly, his name meaning double joy, in a year of double, we experienced double adoption too, when I could barely get Kevin to sleep about about adopting one unexpected blessing. Genesis was somewhat expected, even though it was sudden. Asher wasn't even on the radar, the unexpected blessing. And the Lord began to speak to us in 2022 that it would be a year of double and a year to expect the unexpected. Does anybody remember that? We went into a season of the unexpected blessings of God coming to our door. Did anybody experience unexpected moments in 2022? Raise those hands high. Some of us consume that word. We've already seen that word. That God said, I'm gonna do some things that were not on your radar. I'm gonna do things that are above what you measured. You made room for one. I'm about to bless you with two. What you had faith to believe me for, I'm about to double in your life in 2022. Expecting the unexpected, the year of double. Not only did God give us double in the manifestation of his word and in substance, but he began to speak to us about double time and about a pace change. Does anyone remember March being an order and not just a month? Yeah. 
We entered into the season of March and all the way up into just a couple Sunday nights ago when Chris and Crystal were prophesying from this stage and and Pastor Chris had us put our foot down like we were pushing the gas pedal. Who participated in that? He said, there's a spirit of acceleration being released on this house and we are about to shift gears. We are about to put the pedal to the metal. We're about to accelerate in our speed and we're not going to turn around. We're going to break through. We're going to reach a speed that breaks through a pace change. And it was during this crazy season, am I boring you or are you alive? Because I'm gonna keep going. During this crazy season of acceleration, the Lord woke me up one day and said, start running, start running. And in the natural, you know crazy me, I did it. I started running and I'm still running. And I'm here to tell you, according to 1 Kings chapter 18, the Lord said, I'm gonna put a spirit of acceleration on the church. And where she has lagged behind the enemy, no longer will she lag behind. No longer will the church be reactive, but I'm about to anoint her to be proactive. For two years since 2020, the church has reacted to everything hell could spit up. And the Lord said, I've had enough of it. I'm about to put a running spirit on my bride. And just like the prophet Elijah in his old age, he outright ran the chariots of Ahab to the gates of the city. The church is about to get ahead of the enemy. No longer is she just going to react. She's going to be two steps ahead of everything the devil's trying to do. In fact, the church is about to move from defensive plays to offensive plays. Does anybody remember that? And we begin to see a pace change. And maybe you saw it in your own house, maybe you saw it in this church, but I know the Wallaces consumed that word and we begin to see a spirit of acceleration. And God began to speak this word. There's an anointing of divine interception over this house. Divine interception. We've seen it in this football season. But it's the ability of a player to actually think ahead of their opponent and know where they're going to be when that ball is thrown. Actually judge the distance of where it will land and intercept what was meant for their opponent and use it for the benefit of their own team. And we saw an anointing of interception come on this place and come on our prayers, come on our families. There were things we prayed that the enemy meant for us that never did happen because interception caused us to get ahead of his plans and intercept what he had hurled toward our children, our marriage, our businesses, this church, and even this nation. I'll never forget one night we were in this church praying on a Sunday night and the Lord began to say pray in that spirit of divine interception and we began to cover the airways of this nation and we prayed for divine interception from the symbol of Russia and China and it was probably good it wasn't online. We began to pray and lo and behold 24 hours later they intercepted planes from Russia at our borders. It was that real. God was saying, I'm gonna put divine interception in this house and I will speak to you the plans of the enemy before he ever has a chance to act. And some of you have been operating in that and some of you, it's time to consume that word today. It's time to shift your family from reactive to proactive, walking by the Spirit, hearing by the Spirit, seeing by the Spirit and getting ahead of your enemy. And this spirit of acceleration and divine interception, this spirit of running, it swirl, it pushed us right into a divine swirl. And we begin to decree the prophetic swirl of the Lord over this place. We made it 
the theme of women of fire. It's, Pastor Kevin has decreed it for some time now. And that prophetic swirl was an accelerated time of the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. What is a prophetic swirl? It's when the word of the Lord is being fulfilled so fast over your life, your head is spinning. In fact, we read these words, Amos 9, 13 through 15. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God decrees. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will spin. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right for my people, Israel. How many stepped into a swirl zone in 2022? Not as many, and, and guess what? The year's not over, but I could lift both hands. I felt like my head was spinning. So much was happening on all sides for our family, for this church, for prayers we had prayed for this nation. It was a swirl zone, and it continues to be a swirl zone. And God began to deal with us about stepping into the manifestation of his word and stepping to the plate of the kingdom. And for weeks now, Kevin has been preaching about the kingdom of God. He has been preaching about ruling and reigning because a church that is operating proactively and a church that is operating in a swirl of fulfillment, a church that is two steps ahead of their enemy and operating in a spirit of acceleration is a church that is ready to rule and reign for Christ on the earth. And I said it to the ladies in a different way. We talked about Vashti moving out of the throne room and Esther moving in. Because Vashti was all about looks. She was what we called, Pastor Shero called the model. But Esther was the monarch, which means she was more than her outward appearance. She was actually active in fulfilling her kingdom assignment. And I'm here to tell you a shift has been happening over the body of Christ in this nation where God is sick of a church that looks good but does nothing. A church that is worried about her image but is not active in kingdom pursuits. And Kevin has been provoking us weekly that we do not have the option to not participate in what is happening in the world around us. Esther, you don't have the option to be silent because if you're silent, you and your household will perish and God will find someone else to deliver his people from. And God is looking at the church in 2022 and he's saying masks off. Silence is broken. If you are silent, you will lose the next generation. You and your household will perish. But if you will kick Vashti out of the pulpit and put Esther up on the stage, we might see movement in the right direction in this nation. And Esther oil was being poured out. Governmental favor. We learn not to confuse an inferior political system with the superior system of God's government. And you can run all you want to from what's happening around us, but you're gonna be the one paying three times the amount for your gas tank to be full. You can sit back and be silent all you want to, and you can pay twice at the grocery store. 
You don't have to make it spiritual. I'm just trying to tell you, you can be silent and increase debt and watch your children be the slaves to debt for the next 50 years in this nation. Or the church can stand up and say, no more silence. We have the solutions. Esther is coming to the plate. That wasn't in my notes. But some of you need to consume that word because it will be a highlighting word for 2023 because in the year to come, God will give voice to the bride. And we saw monarchs rising. And then the Lord began to speak concerning the coming year. And just a few weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me on this stage. I was not even praying about the coming year yet when the word of the Lord broke into my spirit and he said, 2023 will be the year of the bride. The students have heard it over a dozen times. 2023 will be the year of the bride. And again, just like Asher was a physical manifestation of 2022, I began to realize we're gonna have a physical manifestation of this in the Wallace house as our oldest son, Jeremiah, is getting married in 2023. And lo and behold, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and he sure did pick a wedding date of 3-3-2023. Third day wedding feast, saving the best wine for last. This is 2023, you better be ready for it. Because I began to ask the Lord, what do you mean saying that 2023 is going to be the year of the bride? I've moved from regurgitating leftovers to putting something fresh on the table for you for what's coming. It's going to be the year of the bride. And I began to ask the Lord, is that good? Is that bad? Is that the bride being shamed? The bride being displayed in her glory? What are you saying? And the Lord began to take me back to my old high school involvement in athletics. And when our team would start a season, whether it was football or basketball, we would say things like, it's going to be our year. Anybody ever make that declaration? And what that meant was this season, our team is gonna dominate. This season, our team is gonna win the title. This season, I'm gonna play my personal best. This is my year, this is our year. And I'm here to tell you, this is the tone and this is the heart that the Spirit spoke to me that 2023 would be the year of the bride. It is time for some victories for the bride of Christ. No longer will the body of Christ be seen as the underdog, but she will be seen as a force to be reckoned with. You hear the word of the Lord, 2023 is the year of his bride. And the Lord said these words, I have some marked and strategic victories I have designed for the bride. That word marked, means clearly noticeable and evident. And I'm here to tell you, I thank God for private victories, but hear the word of the Lord. In 2023, there will be public victories that will be displayed on those corrupt airways we call the news and social media. There will be undeniable victories for the body of Christ, marked victories that will be noticeable and evident and the enemy will not be able to hide them. Strategic victories, victories that are carefully designed or planned to serve a particular purpose or advantage. 
And that means this, it's not just haphazard victories that are gonna happen. God has dates in mind. He has places in mind. He has certain things in mind for the purpose of his glory. They are already mapped out on his calendar. He is just looking for a remnant that will be his first string team, his A team that will come in to achieve the victory. God's already purposed it in his heart. It's already done in the spirit. He is just looking, like Crystal said, for someone to come into agreement. And so the Lord began to deal with us about preparing the bride. As they began to sing this song about the remnant today, the Lord has been dealing with my heart about redefining the remnant to the body of Christ. Because these marked victories, this word about strategic marked victories, it may not be achieved by all, but it will be received and celebrated to the benefit of all. This is the definition of remnant. Religion has made remnant something exclusive for us. We think the remnant is a better than, higher than, greater uh, group of people than the corporate body who exclusively receive what God has for them and everyone else is left in the dark. Some of you are like, really? That's not what it is? But the remnant is more like the special forces of the military. It is a select few. It is a few good men and women. It is a select few who have certain skills and are willing to pay a cost not everyone else is willing to pay. It is your David. It is your Jehu. It is your Elisha. There are rem- it is the 12 apostles. Jesus was the ultimate remnant player. It is an individual who is willing to go the extra mile in training and conditioning in order to win a victory for the whole. Because when the Navy SEALs, they go overseas and they rescue a hostage, our entire nation celebrates the victory. But you and I actually had nothing to do with it. That select group of men and women went through extensive training in order to achieve a victory that they do not hold the celebration of to themselves, but it becomes a victory for the whole nation. It is the A-string basketball team You know, UT, Kevin is a UT Vols fan. If they were gonna win a national title, you do know it doesn't take the whole college. It takes five players to win a title that the entire university will celebrate. It takes 11 football players to win a national title that an entire fan base will celebrate, an entire state will celebrate. And I'm here to tell you the remnant is a group of people that is willing to give all, to serve all, and it will be a remnant that will win a victory that the entire church will be able to celebrate. And a remnant is a group of people that are willing to lay down their life for the cause of Christ, knowing that some who are complacent, some who are ignorant and oblivious, some who are disconnected and full of doubt, they will also receive the victory for the price they pay. And if you can't be okay with that, your heart is not ready to be in the remnant. But God is raising up a remnant force for marked strategic victory in 2023 a group that is willing 
to participate in off-season training for in-season victory. I hope my students can quote it by now. Off-season training equals in-season victory. This is what the Lord spoke to me about the close of 2022 into 2023. Because as he talked to us about it being the year of the bride, we went into bridal preparation. And Doris Barker spoke and, and I released it to this congregation. The Lord said, go back and do the first works over. In the year, how you started the year. Who was here for that word? You started a hundred days of glory. Don't you end weaker than you started. I want you to end like you started. And I invited everyone into end of the year preparations. Fasting, praying, giving, making room, returning to the fires of our first love, examining if our fire had dwindled at all and ending strong. And I know not everybody did it and that's okay. I've got a remnant doing it. And some of you said, really, Pastor Devin? It's the holidays. It's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. Do we ever get an off season? And the answer is, if you're a remnant player, no. <laughs> if you want to sit the bench, then enjoy your holiday season. But I'm going to be a player in 2023. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, in training, it will determine in-season results. You can't be instant in-season if you're not instant out of season. And I began to recognize all the starting players, all your key players. In, and, and Coach Nathan talked to our school about soccer players, or you can fill it in with the sport. To whom much is given, much is required. And the players who carry the most are the players to whom much is required. And you will find them on off season, running harder and faster, changing their diet, changing their daily life. Because if they wait until the game schedule is released, it's too late to stand in a starting position. They know that before they even see what the season holds, they must be prepared and instant in season and out of season. And Coach Nathan told us a story about a soccer team he coached that got all the way to the national championship game and lost. And some of his players came to him and confessed, coach, we know why we lost. We didn't do our off-season training. And my heart began to grieve because there are some national victories ahead in 2023. And if you wanna win a national title, you better participate in off-season training. And so yes, in the holiday season, we are in bridal preparation. And so we began to fast and pray. Some of you are doing this. I invited you into a beverage fast, craziest thing the Lord ever spoke to me. Psalms 40 and two, I woke up one morning in bridal preparation and the Lord said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Devin, whatever you pant for, give it to me and make it water turned into a beverage fast where we gave up coffee or energy drinks or we gave up something and said, Lord, thirst for you. We give up this drink and we thirst for you. And that's what we've been in the middle of. Maybe yours has been different, but I'm here to tell you, he is preparing some special forces for what's coming. And by the time it arrives, it'll be too late to prepare. We must keep our spirits alert. So now I'm gonna get into my text before I lose you all. 
2 Kings chapter two, transition from now to next. As I reviewed these words, I I went through my checklist. Yes, Lord, I'm still fasting. Yes, Lord, I'm still running. You know, Lord, I have slacked on that or Lord, I forgot about that. The Lord and I went through a checklist and I challenge you to do the same. I hope you're taking notes today because I wanted to be in alignment. I had no idea we were entering Kislev where my mouth needed to be in alignment with his words. The Lord was doing a check on me like a chiropractor Thursday night. He was just cracking me into alignment with his word. And I pray this does this for you today. And this is what he spoke to me. We are not in a season, season of diminishing, but a season of multiplying. And we see in the transition from now to next in the life of Elijah, who I've been running according to, that his mantle multiplied in transition. He carried a mantle alone until God transitioned to next. And then he told Elisha, take your mantle and and I want you to anoint three people in your stead. Hazael, the king of Aram, who was more like a judge to Israel, who's actually a wicked man who, who brought destruction that needed to happen. Jehu, the son of Nimshi, who became the warrior that defeated Jezebel. And oh Lord, I just come into agreement with your word. Let 2023 be some marked victories over Jezebel in this nation. Let the oil of Jehu flow from this place and on our sons and daughters. And Elisha to be the prophet in your place. And Elisha had a different but same anointing from Elijah because when Elijah was taken up, the same mantle fell, but it had been transformed and it had been increased to double, double portion. There's so much about that, but I want you to know Elisha actually did more miracles than Elijah. That was the basic manifestation of this double portion anointing because in transition, the oil will never diminish, it always increases. If you are living a life of diminishing, you need to ask yourself if you're in kingdom alignment because you should be traveling from glory to glory, from increase to increase. And as the anointing shifts and transitions, as we transition from one year to the next year, if we're in alignment, we should see increase, not decrease in what God is doing in our life. And the Lord began to talk to me about leftovers, exceedingly, abundantly, and above. He is the God of leftovers. Although I know we talked about reheating Thanksgiving leftovers, I'm here to tell you, when God puts his hand on something and he determines to accelerate it or multiply it, if you don't see leftovers, then you've missed part of the blessing because he is not just the God of enough, he is the God of more than enough. whatever his hand touches, it doesn't just meet a need, it exceeds a need. It it doesn't just meet the prayer, it goes exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you can ask or think. He has the anointing of leftovers. He will always give us more than what we can consume ourselves so that we can distribute it to those around us. It's the oil that runs over. It's the loaves and the fish that are multiplied. It's the 12 baskets left over. It's the leftovers that God wants the church to see in 2023. Elisha had an anointing of excess and overage. If you look at the miracles of his life, not only did the double multiply the miracles he did, but his miracles brought excess 
process and over it. And this is what the Lord began to speak to me about 2023. He said, I will reveal to my bride that I am El Shaddai. And you may be bored in your seat, but I feel this fire in me right now because his name is his nature and he reveals himself in his name and his name is El Shaddai. And you feel the Holy Ghost, but your mind may be unfruitful because you may not know what El Shaddai means. But it means he's the God of leftovers. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one who is more than enough. It's where we get that phrase, he is more than enough. When you call on him and you say, Yahweh, you are El Shaddai in my life. It means I don't just believe you for what I need right now. I don't just believe you for what I'm asking right now. I believe you're going to do exceedingly, abundantly and above what I can ask or think. I believe when you get done with my prayers, when you get done with my family, when you get done with my life, not only will I be satisfied, but I will be packing up leftovers for my family, my relatives, my neighbors and my nation. Just like your Thanksgiving table probably had enough to feed your neighbors, God wants to prepare a table for us and us call him El Shaddai. Lack will never define Yahweh who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Insufficiency will never be his name. Not enough will never be his nature. And if you're living in the land of lack, insufficiency or not enough, then this sermon is for you because he wants to reveal himself to you as El Shaddai. And where your house feels like you're barely getting by, God wants your fridge to be loaded up with leftovers. El Shaddai. 2023, he wants to be El Shaddai to his bride and through his bride. A fruitfulness, I have never seen a field produce fruit that only provided vegetables and fruit for the family who owned the garden or the field. Never have I seen it. Any neighbor I ever had that had a garden was on the side of the road walking the streets trying to give it away. Because if you step into a season of harvest, it will never be limited to your consumption, but it will always produce leftovers, more than you can consume. And we have lived in grocery store mentality in the church where we take our shopping cart to the altar of God and we pick and choose a tomato and an onion and an ear of corn and we get by on just enough. But God doesn't want you to live by a shopping cart. He wants you to have a field. He wants you to have a garden. He wants your life to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And this is the season of 2023. Now, I don't want to prophesy darkness, but I want to prophesy truth. I got some mixed feelings about what our economy is going to look like in 2023. I have some warnings in my spirit about the world economy in 2023. I have a heaviness in my heart about natural finances 
and economics for our nation in 2023. And that is not meant to produce fear in your heart. It's meant to jerk you into kingdom alignment and help you recognize if your security is what Uncle Sam can provide to you, if your security is in retirement that's laid up, if your security is in those papers in your wallet that really aren't backed up by anything and they're not even worth the paper they're printed on, then you might leave this house in fear. But if you recognize that your treasure is stored where moth and rust cannot destroy and your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills and you don't operate by a worldly economy but you operate by a heavenly economy and he can rain manna from heaven he can send ravens from the king's table he can send an angel to bake you a cake by the fire there is nothing that will stand in the way of God's providing for his people the word said I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread and if I had any Prophetic insight going on in my spirit, I would say we're about to be set up to shine. That there's about to be some shaking in the economy of this nation in 2023. And if you don't hear the word of the Lord and consume it today, you might get fearful. But I'm here to tell you, don't get fearful. Grab hold of faith because God is looking for a remnant. He can show himself mighty on behalf of. And he is ready to show the world's economy that they cannot touch God's economy. And he wants to see his people feasting in the middle of a famine, operating by kingdom principles that blow the mind of worldly wisdom. He's not here to starve you. He's here to bless you with the table in the presence of your enemies don't be fearful it's a setup and we see this anointing on next because Elisha was prophet during a famine and if you look at his miracles many of them were about blessing God's people in spite of a fallen economy it's why he went and blessed the woman with oil It's why he was able to throw meal in the pot. When there was death in the pot, he was trying to feed the prophets and what should have killed them, he healed it and they ate. It's why he did the miracle of loaves. You know, Jesus wasn't the first one to do the miracle of loaves. In 2 Kings chapter four, Elisha took 20 loaves and fed all of the sons of the prophets. And his servant said, seriously, you want me to serve these 20 loaves to a bunch of starving men? And Elisha said in 2 Kings four, you put it before them. Not only will they eat and be satisfied, but they will have leftovers. Go read it. Elisha had the anointing of leftovers. And it's why in John chapter six, Jesus repeats that same anointing. Elisha was just a precursor of what Jesus would do. And as he looked at the multitude and the natural could not provide for them, their natural circumstances should have sent them home hungry. Jesus said, what do you have? And they brought to him a little boy's lunch. And Jesus took what looked like wasn't much and blew the mind of worldly wisdom and he blessed it and multiplied it. And not only did he feed the multitude until they were satisfied, they didn't just get a portion. They didn't just get a ration. Do you hear the word of the Lord? They were satisfied. Not only were they satisfied, 12 baskets were left over. 
It's the anointing of leftovers. And God began to speak and just last week, actually it was the, the week before, when Mother Chapman in Chapman shared her testimony. I was sitting over there wrestling babies. I usually end up in the corner on Sundays. And she began to prophesy how the Lord paid her house off. Who heard that word? Oh, if I could have thrown a baby and ran up here, I would have. A spirit of prophecy came over me because what she was doing was not just sharing a testimony. She was injecting into this atmosphere a faith to unlock a miracle God has purposed for the body of Christ. Now, I don't always preach on money, but I'm about to for just a moment because the word of the Lord came to me while I was holding Asher and watching Genesis. The word of the Lord came to me and said, you tell my people they can be debt free in 2023. Half of you celebrated, half of you love your debt. I don't know. He said, you can be debt free in 2023. And the Lord began to speak to me and he said, I'm going to release an anointing, 12 months of financial transformation over my people. I will make them a light in a dark economy. They will not live as a slave to debt. In fact, I began to write down scriptures like, oh man, oh no man anything. Be a lender and not a borrower. And I'm here to tell you, some of you are fearful about the economy because the enemy has slapped a, a, a chain on your back called debt and God is about to release an oil and anointing and a wisdom so that you can operate debt free in 2023 and your oil can overflow when the economy is failing. I'm here to tell you, you will not go down with the sinking ship of America's economy because you are linked to a heavenly economy and your resources do not come from below. They come from above. I feel fire in my belly as and Chapman began to prophesy. I claimed it for this house, for your house. God said, I did it once, Devin, and I will do it again. Because some of you have had miracles, financial miracles in your life, huge ones. Who's ever experienced a financial miracle? <laughs> and the first thing religion does is limit what God's able to do. One day I was... My children and I, we love helping homeless people, hungry people on the side of the street. It's just what we've done since they were little. And one day we were driving by a homeless man down here and we were on our way to Sonic to get stupid stuff we like, like drinks. It was not even necessary. And religious Devin thought she was spiritual Devin. We get in the drive-thru and I said, kids, we're gonna give our Sonic to this homeless man. We're not gonna get our Sonic today. We're gonna buy it for him and take it to him. And I thought, good mom, good mom, right? And I'm waiting in this forever line at Sonic. And God speaks to me and said, I didn't tell you that. I was like, well, that sounds good. He said, when did I ever tell you I didn't have enough for him and your children? He said, don't teach them religious limitations. So I said to my kids, I'm so sorry. You know what? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he doesn't have to take your Sonic to give it to that man. He's gonna get you your Sonic and we're gonna get that man everything he wants a Sonic and our bank account is not gonna be broke because God is not a God of religious limitations and I came to rip the religious limitations off of your mind and off of your house just because he did it once doesn't mean he can't do it again. 
take care of your house, your mama's house, your son's house, the church house, this city. He can take care of it all. He's just looking for somebody with a little faith. And so he said, I did it once. I was like, man, Lord, you have. You, you gave this church like a ridiculous miracle years ago. Kevin still weeps and talks about it. And then since we've been here, you've done a couple miracles. Like, aren't, aren't we, haven't we released, I mean, haven't we reached our miracle quota by now? Some of you are in the same boat. You're like, he did it once, he did it then. That's gotta be for somebody else. And I'm here to tell you, I didn't create the word of the Lord. He said, if I did it once, I'm gonna do it again. And in 2023, I wanna put my bride on display. I want her to be ornate with my provision. I want her to be provided for. She will not be a slave to what's happening around her. She will be nestled in my ever protecting and providing hand. And I'm here to tell you, if you will get your heart aligned with that word, and you will walk in wisdom. God wants to release that blessing just like he released it over Mother Ann Chapman. God can do it for you. If some of you have the faith to believe he can pay off a crazy credit card you were irresponsible with, then receive that word. But some of you have the faith to believe he can pay off your 30-year mortgage and you live in a place that no one can take from you because God provided for you. Just depends where your faith is. And it depends where your heart of obedience is. Because I'm not preaching a blab it and a grab it message. I'm preaching a message of covenant provision provided to those who are in covenant with him. And God said, there are two keys. This was part of the word I release. I'm not doing it all today. Debt free in 2023, 12 months of financial transformation. And the two keys are thankfulness and generosity. How do you unlock the oil that Ann Chapman was walking in, thankfulness. Learning to give thanks for what you have. In John 6, Jesus took the little boy's lunch and his mouth did not curse it, Crystal. He did not diminish it. He did not devalue it. And some of you, listen, I remember, golly, like five years ago, the Lord spoke to me. I would walk down the street and I would see a penny. And I would want to step over it. And the Lord said, if you can't value a penny, you can't value more. And I have a whole jar of pennies for years. If I see a penny, it has value. And if you don't learn to value what you've got, what makes you think you'll value if he gives you more? It's learning to take the lunch and thanking God for where you are. Quit griping about where you are and learn to thank him for your little apartment and thank him for your little fixed income and thank him for what you've got and believe him to give you more. Thankfulness. The word says he gave thanks. He blessed it and he broke it. A thankful heart is a heart that will unlock provision. And then the disciples distributed it. And we don't actually know if the multiplication took place when he thanked God for it or when they distributed it. And I'm gonna tell you, common sense would say it happened when they distributed it because Jesus himself could not have held more than a lunch in his hands. So something happened when Jesus thanked God for what he had and he put it in the hands of the disciples. I imagine their first portion, they thought this isn't enough. Perhaps I should put it in my savings account. 
perhaps I should tuck it in my cloak for my family. But they had to learn that they had freely received and freely they should give. And in an act of generosity with what wasn't enough even for them, they freely began to distribute it. After they gave thanks for it, then they did not hold on to it tightly. You can have whatever doesn't have you. Where did we go wrong in a prosperity gospel? Because we preach a bunch of carnal things that don't enhance the spirit. You're not taking them to heaven. I'm not here to, to come to the altar so you can pray for a car. But if you've got faith for a car, go for it. God doesn't want you to get somewhere. But I'm here to tell you resources are temporal. But God enjoys blessing you with them. As long as those resources don't take possession of you but you can have whatever you continue to let God have and you don't let have you. And if you have never walked a progressive path of blessing, then you won't know what I'm talking about. But as you begin to move in a progressive path of blessing, God will continually test what you're willing to let go of. You think it's hard to give $10, wait till we ask you to give 1000 and if you can't give 10, don't you even think you'll let go of a thousand because the great lie of prosperity is the more you have, the easier it is to let go. And that's a demonic lie. It's why wealthy people, if they're not redeemed by the Lord, are some of the stingiest people you will ever meet. And I can go to a third world country where they have nothing and they will spend their last penny to buy me an American Coke. Because if you ain't got nothing, you ain't got nothing to lose. And I'm here to tell you, if you're in a place where you ain't got nothing to lose and you're still not being faithful to the Lord, don't think your heart will be faithful when you're walking in blessing. You gotta be generous. I had a very blessed individual in my life tell me, you gotta give where you live. If all you can do is buy your neighbor a Coke, buy him a Coke and do it in the name of Jesus. Don't say, I'm gonna wait till I can give $1,000. How about you buy a $1 can of soda and bless somebody with it and watch God multiply. Give where you live and learn to be generous. These two keys unlock leftovers, I gotta hurry. Thankfulness and generosity. And this is where I'll end. That miracle of leftovers came from Elisha's first miracle. You'll be glad my last point is actually the altar. That if there's not a healing at the source, you will miss the fruition of his word. Because the word is like a seed that can bear fruit in our life. And some of you have heard these words all year and you hear these fresh words I'm speaking for 2023 and some of you are gonna go home and apply them and they're going to bear fruit in your life. Some of you are in a place of frustration because you feel like you're hearing the word, but you're living in barrenness. And here we are in 2 Kings chapter two, where they say, Elisha, don't you see the city looks good? Everything looks like it should be in order. It's in a good position. In other words, there's really no outward reason why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. And some of you have been examining your life trying to figure out why is this not happening for me? Why am I barren of these words? Why is there death in my life of these words? Why does it spring up and then die? And I'm here to tell you the last time I'll get to speak to you in 2022, I'm not leaving anybody behind in what God is saying. Because Elisha looked at the city and they said, our water is contaminated. 
The land is unfruitful. Our wives' bodies are unfruitful. That what, that's what that means is that the vegetation wasn't producing and the women were having miscarriages. There's so much here I could preach about how it goes in the body, it goes in the land, and you wanna know the mess our nation is in? Look at what is happening in the womb. Their bodies were miscarriaging and the land was miscarriaging. But, but it should not have been that way. There was opportunity. And some of you feel like there's opportunity. I'm in the right position. I'm here in the right place. I'm hearing the word of the Lord, but it's not bearing fruit in my life. And Elisha said, no problem. Bring me a bowl and bring me some salt. And this is what's insane. Elisha did not look for a new water source. He did not remove anything from the water source. This is the miracle. It is not in what was taken away that brought healing. It is in what was added that brought healing. He went to the source and he transformed the source from a source of death into a new body of water, a source of life. And this is what the Lord spoke to me late in the night on Thursday night. He said, Devin, I'm about to throw some salt on some things in the lives of my people. Because my word is not bearing fruit. My destiny in their life is not bearing fruit. They feel like it looks good on the outside, but on the inside, they feel like they're miscarrying destiny. And I'm here to tell you their source needs healing. And I'm about to throw some salt on what is broken and what is sick. And I'm about to heal it so that their land can become fruitful. I'm about to throw salt on their checkbook and I'm going to heal their, their broken finances. I'm gonna throw salt on their marriage and I'm going to heal what is barren and dead in their life. I'm gonna throw salt on their household, on their children. And I'm going to heal the contaminated source. I'm going to throw salt on this nation. I'm going to throw salt on the church because the church is the water source of any community. And if the church looks good but is dead on the inside, how can we expect the city to have life? But you don't need a new marriage to experience the miracle. You don't need new children to experience the miracle. You don't need a new job to experience the miracle. This is the miracle behind the miracle. He's about to take the same old mess that has been producing death in your life and he's about to transform the source so that same marriage that has been dead, those same children that have been dead, that same business that has been dead, it's about to produce life. You thought transition, transition from now to next was something new. But I'm here to tell you, God's about to make all things new by His Spirit in your life. And He's about to throw some salt on the source. So Elijah took a new bowl. I'm gonna read this quickly. Oh, I hope you brought snacks. You all know how I am. A new bowl. It's a new wineskin analogy. Because you cannot have authority over something you are partnering with. You cannot clean something you are contaminated with. And you cannot be part of the solution if you are contaminated by the problem. He said, bring me a new bowl. Now this is what's crazy. He didn't say, bring me a clean bowl because there were no clean vessels. 
Because Elisha knew if the bowl had been washed in the water of the city, it was corrupted by the problem. So he said, don't bring me a clean bowl, bring me a new bowl that has never touched the water, a new wineskin. And then I'm gonna put salt in it. And what you've gotta realize is there's a reason why the bowl had to be clean for the salt. Because the Bible tells us in Matthew that salt can lose its saltiness. You are the salt of the world, a city set upon a hill. And if salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything but to be trampled upon. But scientifically, if you look at the makeup of salt, it does not lose saltiness. Salt does not diminish in saltiness. So you have to look at what the word was saying. And the correct interpretation is not diminishing in saltiness, but being contaminated with other substances. Because if salt is mixed with other substances, it loses its purity and its potency and its effectiveness. And Elisha was saying, bring me a sanctified bowl so it does not diminish the potency of the salt inside. This is bridal preparation. God is cleansing and renewing the bride because some of us cannot receive what God is doing because we have been corrupted even by the words of our mouth with the problem of death and barrenness in our life. And he said, bring me some salt. Why did he say salt? Because salt is a covenant symbol. It's a sanctifier and a purifier. It is a preserver against corruption. It's the opposite of leaven because leaven will make a substance spoil, but salt will preserve it over time. That's why the Bible says you gotta get the leaven out. What's crazy is Leviticus lets us know every sacrifice that hit the altar of God in the temple had to be salted. And God is about to salt his bride. Because without salt, she cannot withstand corruption. But when she is salted, she can withstand contamination. She is preserved from spoiling. And no sacrifice is appropriate for the altar until it's been salted. So what are you about to say, Pastor Devin? As I end this sermon, God is going to be pouring out salt on our lives as we end 2022 and prepare 2023. I hope every time you see your salt shaker at your table or a salt packet at a restaurant, you will hear the words that I'm saying to you today. That God wants to heal the source of what is happening in our lives. Some of us are not receiving his word because the source of what we're consuming is corrupted by the problems of culture. Today, some of you need to sprinkle some salt on your wallet and let God purify the financial flow in your life so that he can bless what he is doing. In the middle of the night, this is so crazy, the Lord told me to throw salt on my cell phone because he said what is coming through that cell phone to the eyes and the ears of your family, what is coming through the airways of social media, it is short-circuiting and aborting what I'm trying to do. There needs to be a purification of that source of water. Some of you, God wants to throw salt on the atmosphere of your home because like Crystal let us know, God is speaking one word in one minute and the next minute we are releasing the curses of the enemy into the atmosphere. God wants to salt some of our lips. 
Some of you need to go home and put some salt on your lips and say, God, purify this water source. Because if the source is contaminated, the seed will not produce. And some of you are receiving word after word after word, but you are hooked up to some contaminated sources that are stealing what God wants to do in your life. God told me today to throw some salt on some mothers. Because as I began to look at the story of provision, the little boy's lunch came from somebody who packed it for him. And part of what's happening in this nation is our mothers have become a contaminated source. We are feeding our children the lies of culture and we are short-circuiting prophetic destiny in their life. And God said, I'm gonna heal some mothers in this place today so they will be a pure source to their family and to their seed. So stand with me. I wanna pray a couple prayers and, and you're gonna be dismissed and I am gonna open the altar for anyone who wants prayer before you go. But today is about the word of the Lord actually taking root and bearing fruit. Not just being hearers of the word, but doers and participators. And I could have preached three hours on the word of the Lord. Be glad you only got what you did. With every hand lifted in this place, I'll be respectful of those who need to go. Father, as we are closing 2022, remind us of your words. Thank you, Father, that you let me replay things you spoke to me, but there are so many things you've spoken to individuals in this place. Forgive us for forgetting, for neglecting. And Lord, may the experience I had the other night be the experience of every individual and family in this place. Begin to push the replay button. Prepare a table of divine leftovers. Don't let one word go to waste. This is what I hear the Lord saying over someone. He's not gonna let one word go to waste. What you were unable or unwilling to consume in one season, He's putting back on the table right now. Here it comes, right back on the table. The Word of the Lord is still alive, it's still available, and it's still for your consumption. Thank you, Father, for mercy and grace in this place. So today, Father, we do what Pastor Tobin prophesied right at our seat and we come up to the table and we consume what we did not consume in a former season. Lord, we jump into the river of Your Word right now and we prepare. God, we lay hold of what's behind us and we lay hold of what's ahead of us and we are ready and preparing for what's coming. Lord, let a remnant rise up in this place. Let a remnant that can win family victories, church victories, citywide victories, and even national victories come from the seats within this sanctuary. Let us take this season of quiet holiday celebration and meditate on your word and prepare our hearts for what is to come. Let us not lay down our armor and disconnect from the fruitfulness of this season. This season is pregnant with words of fulfillment. Let us consume them. 
And today, Father, in my limited ability to communicate, may your spirit grab hold of this word in the heart of every listener, that today you are pouring out salt from the salt room of heaven to heal sources in our life, in our homes and in our hearts. It is not your will that we look good on the outside, but be barren of your word on the inside. Thank you, Father. It's not your will that the church look good, but be a source of death. It's not your will that our families or our marriages look good, but actually be tombs of dead men's bones. It's not your will that we look good in our jobs and our finances, but really we're dying on the inside. God, you want transformation from the source. And today your grace is pouring out salt. Lord, where maybe we have been contaminated by the lies of the enemy, the spirit of this culture, where doubt and unbelief has caused your word to lose its potency in our life. Thank you today, you're pouring out new salt from a new vessel that is potent and able to be transformed. And today, Father, in the natural, as I pour salt out, let your salt flow in the Spirit. Right now, Father, every hand lifted that's willing to participate in these prayers, begin to salt every dead place in my life. Begin to salt every barren place in my life. Begin to salt every area where your word may have started to produce fruit and was miscarried from my life. And Lord, let me walk in an anointing of leftovers. Let this salt heal every source in my life. So I throw away my grocery cart and I buy a field. And that 2023 would be the most fruitful year over Devin Wallace's life. Go ahead and say your name. That 2023 would be the most fruitful year over the Wallace house. That 2023 would be the most fruitful year over the bride of Christ. Because it's even in your wedding ceremony, that salt covenant is done. So Father, right now, we ask you to salt every area of our life. And so I'd like you to do, just put your hands on your neighbor and begin to pray. Father, for those who feel barren and dead of your word, I thank you, it's not over yet. And Father, I just ask for a healing to take place today, a transformation, whatever's in the way, get it out of the way. Whatever's contaminating the source, remove it. Whatever is destroying the potency of your word in our life, remove it. And let today be a day of healing and transformation. And Father, I declare before this month of December from beginning to end, even ends, that we will see the fruitfulness of life return to our homes, return to our hearts. Can we pray in the Spirit for just a couple moments? 
Sepa sheta bakaya taba sapatayenta makaya. Sepa pakataya tapapaya. Lord, let the salt start flowing in this place. Sepa tapakataya tapasaya. Sepa patakaya. Every unhealthy, contaminated source that has short-circuited your word. Right now, Father, your salt is bringing healing. It's bringing purification. It's bringing transformation. We're changing our thinking. Salt our lips, oh, Father. Shepapatakaya. Shepatakaya. And this is what I want to do. I want to give an opportunity for altar... You can respond or you can go whenever you need to go. You can take this word and chew on it. It will produce far past this sermon. But I want to obey the Lord. And I I just brought this bowl of salt (laughs) because you all know me. And I want to make it available during the altar. And I just... I don't know all that God needs to salt in your life. It may not be something that can be symbolic today, but I at least want to obey the Lord with the symbols He showed me. But I want you to be free to obey Him in the altar however He gives you. Number one, I want to pray for moms in this place today. I don't know what it is in my heart. If it's because I'm in a unique season of motherhood or The enemy is fighting mothers right now. And I'm here to tell you the future of this nation hinges upon the heart of the mothers. You hear me. Transformation to this nation will come when the mouths of the mothers are unmuzzled. And the enemy is attacking moms right now because if the mom is sick, if the mom is discouraged, if the mom is weak, then the children will eat from a contaminated source. But I'm here to tell you, there are some mamas who have been packing some lunches for their babies. And it didn't seem like much to you, but God's about to use it to produce leftovers. You hear me, mom? I don't know who I'm prophesying to. You feel like not enough. You feel like all you're doing isn't enough. But God said, I'm about to anoint what you're doing. And not only will you transform your house, but I'm about to give you the anointing of leftovers. So I need to salt some moms today that need encouragement and they need transformation. And I know it's not Mother's Day, surprise. So if you're a mom and you say, Pastor Devin, you're prophesying to me. I want you just to come to this altar. And and if you're not in that place as a mom, you you don't need this, but some of you, you need the salt of the Lord to be applied to your heart, your mind, your home, the enemy. He's been trying to sift you. He's been trying to attack you and you need to know you're not alone. The enemy fears mothers probably more than any other member of the church because there is something about the fight of a mother that there is no devil in hell that can stand against. There is something about the prayers of mothers that turn the heart of the father. There is something about the anointing on mothers that will transform a nation. So I need some men and women and altar workers. I want you to to try to come get some salt in your hand. 
and, and don't throw it in their eyes or do anything crazy. But I just need, I just need these mothers to be sprinkled with salt. There is something supernatural that's going to happen as we obey the Lord. So I need some men and women, maybe some moms who are out of this season who know what it is. I need some sons and daughters who believe in the anointing on mothers. I do not know who I am operating in an anointing of interception for, but what the enemy meant for you, mom, God is intercepting it today. He is intercepting it today. You wanted to crawl in a cave and hide. But God is calling you out today. He is not done with you in 2023. We'll hold the year of leftovers for your house. You can't quit now. Discouragement is being broken off of your back. The lies of the enemy are being broken. I take the muzzle off of your mouth and I put it on the lying spirit that was sent to discourage you. And if you will just go altar workers and just sprinkle a little salt on the mamas and begin to lay hands on them now. And those of you that are still here, if you'll stretch your hands toward them now and begin to pray. And then while they pray, we're just gonna have a crazy altar service because there's not time to do it in layers. I saw the Spirit of the Lord salting cell phones. I know this sounds crazy. But some of you need some airway, uh, you have airway contamination. The Lord wants to purify your mind, your heart, your life. And listen, if the Lord hadn't been dealing with you, it's not for you, but some of you, God's been dealing with you about what you've been watching, consuming, and listening to. And God wants to purify the source. He didn't say you had to get rid of it. He wants to transform it. And He doesn't want it to be a vessel of the enemy anymore. So this sounds crazy. And it may even be some mamas in this altar. But if the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with you and you wanna come to this altar with your cell phone or you just wanna get some salt and salt your cell phone back at your seat, God said, I'm about to clear the airways in your mind. I'm about to break a spirit of deception off of your mind, a spirit of death and propaganda off of your heart, off of your home, out of the atmosphere of your car. Some of you are dealing with anxiety and depression and it's coming from the death on your cell phone. Some of you are dealing with mental issues and torment and God said it's a corrupt cell phone source. God said put some salt on it, purify it. So if that's you, you can get this altar and altar workers, if they got their cell phone out, help them, help them salt it. Because I'm telling you, the enemy is bringing barrenness and death in your life and he is feeding that spirit through what you're watching and listening to. I can't let go of this for just a minute. Somebody's getting delivered today from the yoke and the bondage of the enemy in the airways. And then the third thing I saw salted, now listen, you can salt anything God tells you to. This is just what I had. He said, salt the moms, salt the cell phones. And I saw people salting their wallets and their checkbooks. I'm here to tell you, God is going to break a cycle of religious limitation and lack.
off of some of your lives and your depression, your heaviness, the strife in your home, your lack of faith, it's all back to financial stress, pressure and issues and that spirit of death the enemy's put on your back. And today God wants to purify the very source. So if that's not you, don't worry about it. But if you know that word's for you and you know the enemy has been corrupting the finances in your life, even your mindset toward them, your business, your personal finances, your job, then I'm gonna put salt up here, you find some. I'm gonna put salt on the stage, is that okay? You come get you some salt and you can salt your cell phone you can salt your wallet. I'm gonna put salt all over this altar. And the Lord is about to remove the contaminants. What the enemy tried to do to contaminate your seed and reduce its potency. And I declare and I decree 12 months of financial transformation are coming to your house. 